black excellence is unconditional love. Welcome to the Dripping in Black podcast, where we celebrate black excellence throughout the black diaspora. Here's your host, David V. Lewis. What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. And per usual, we have another fantastic guest. Today's guest is Stacy Russell. Stacy, say hello to the world. Hello, world. <laughs> All right, Stacy is uh, has another fantastic story. Uh, can't wait to sh- have her, for her to share her story with us and for us to share it with the world. It's a unique story, and so I always get really excited about those. We have a simple but loaded question that we always start off with and that is who is our guest so who is stacy russell stacy russell that's me i am a educator by day and a cowgirl by night that's the best way i can describe it okay educator by day and cowgirl by night uh so (laughs) much so much for me to go into i've been doing some reading on you but we'll start off first with a little background. So where is Stacy from initially? I am from Detroit, Michigan. Um, born and raised in the metro area um, suburbs. I attended Tuskegee University on a athletic scholarship for softball. I got my master's from Hampton University um, and a few other masters from University of Phoenix and uh, <laughs> Wayne State University. Then I got into education, became a teacher, and now I am a instructional coach for a local school district. Yeah, she said a few other <laughs> masters. <laughs> a few other, you got three master's degrees, right? Or did uh, I miss one? One, two, yes, three. <laughs> three. Okay, so... <laughs> So you go to two HBCUs. Yes. What what high schools did you go to before you get into the uh, college ranks? Um, I went to North Farmington High School in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you <laughs> out you you grew up outside of Detroit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you have family in Detroit or friends from Detroit? Oh, everybody. <laughs> Hey, I live in the city too. I pay my taxes in the city. <laughs> okay. I've worked in the city. <laughs> so I always have to ask this question. This this gives me a little more insight. Your, your your friends, your family, the people you hung around, were they mostly West Siders or East Siders? <sighs> I think it's about even. So uh, good answer. Parents, <laughs> right. It is. It's, it's even. So my mother's side, they were east side. My dad was west side. So I got a little mm. bit of both, both sides. It's even. Shout out to mom. Shout out to mom's east side all day. <laughs> all right. Tony Garden, <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. So let's get into it. So you go to school. When you're going to school, you're going to school for education or were you going for something else and ended up in education? I was going for something else. I would definitely say education chose me. I started off, um, my bachelor's is in business administration and sales and marketing. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, when I went to Hampton, um, 
that's how I got into education because my parents were like, you can always find a job teaching and that's that's how it happened. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So two HBCUs? Two HBCUs. Uh, My dad is a Tuskegee alumni. Uh, (laughs) Right. And so initially he would say, you can go anywhere you want to, but my money, my money is going to Tuskegee University. So I feel like <laughs> I had a choice, but I didn't really have a choice. Not really so have a choice. I was Tuskegee mom before I even knew it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I love, I absolutely love Tuskegee. Yeah, that's one of my, uh, I'm a history teacher uh, by trade, by day. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite historical figures is Booker T. Washington. And so, we you know, he's got connections both with Hampton and Tuskegee as exactly. well. So mm-hmm. He went to school to Hampton uh, and then he started Tuskegee. Yep. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. So let's get into you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So you uh, you go off to, to the HBCUs. You're also not just a a, a student, but you're an athlete as well. Talk about that. Um, Growing up, I played basketball and softball. I was naturally better at softball. Um, I loved basketball. So I was trying to get a basketball scholarship, but the only uh, people who offered scholarships, they were like D3s and things of that nature. Uh, but again, I was naturally better at softball. I went to Tuskegee for a visit, talked to the softball coach, hit some balls, showed some film, and they ended up offering me an a athletic scholarship in addition to um, an academic scholarship. So I had both. Wow. Played four years at Tuskegee. My senior year, I was the SIAC all-conference, or I made the SIC all-conference team. Um, I also had the highest GPA my senior year on the team. And uh, I just I had a great experience at Tuskegee. Loved every every minute <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I chuckled a little bit when I read that you said you had the highest GPA on the team. <laughs> because that could that could shape it a little bit. So so what does that mean? The highest GPA, what was it? <laughs> a three eight six, I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell this. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm hey. A... <laughs> we, we have some very smart individuals on our well, team. You <laughs> couldn't get that from the reading. It just said the highest GPA on the team. So, you know, <laughs> that could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> I tell this story. I was, uh, I was this will be short. I, I, I was coaching a team. Uh, we were in a quiz bowl. And uh, I always tell the story that I coached the team to fourth place. <laughs> so was that the last poll? Was, was it only four teams? It was four teams in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, depending on how you say it, you know, you can. I mean, it is at least on. nine positions that have to be filled on the field. Mm hmm. Oh, 3.8 ain't nothing to, ain't nothing to uh, laugh at anyway. So that's 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 what I was getting at. All right. So 3.8 uh, student and uh, athlete as well. Yeah. Two two sports specifically. Um, basketball is something you enjoy more, but you're really more skilled. What positions did you play uh, in softball? Left center. I mean, theoretically left field, but I had a good set of jets underneath me. So we shifted Mm. the entire um, 
uh, outfield over and that allowed me to cover more ground. But my weakness wow. was throwing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to make up with that by just catching stuff in the air. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. How was your batting? Oh, uh, I had, what did I end up with? I want to say my senior year, I was batting a, a solid 400 at one point. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and my on-base percentage was higher than that, so. Mm. Okay. So, you know, so we painted the picture. Uh, really, really good student. Uh, attended two HBCUs and a athlete as well. And then what I find interesting later on in life, you find this new passion, right? So talk about that. I always wanted to learn how to ride a horse. Um, So let me go back. I want to say I was at Hampton and I Mm -hmm. came home for the summer. Uh, A lady at church, they were part of the Michigan Black Horseman Association and they would do a high noon ride. He invited me to the high noon ride and I rode his horse just on a trail ride and I absolutely loved it. Um, They then introduced me to um, uh, an individual at Rouge Park who was giving me lessons. Um, Also at Rouge Park was Gloria Turner who was helping me. And one day my trainer, Keith Morrell, he came up to Rouge Park and Gloria said to me, Stacey, if this is what you want to learn how to do, this is who you need to be with. So I started taking lessons from Keith Morrell and everything else just fell into play. I was that's when I was completely introduced into the world of rodeo. OK. All right. So let's talk about just riding a horse first. So yes, that's this, all, all, people are on top of horses. They do not <laughs> ride. Majority of people just know how to be on top of a horse. <laughs> it's a different. So yeah, explain that difference to me because I have no idea. The best analogy that I can give you, you know how you might say to a basketball player, you know, can you play? You play basketball or can you hoop? Like, <laughs> you know, it's a difference, right? It's a difference. Yeah, yeah. So, like, most people are on top of a horse versus mm. actually knowing how to ride a horse. Okay. Wow. All right. So, when was the first time you got on top of a horse? 20. Oh, no. First time I got on top of a horse, I was in elementary school. It was a Sunday field trip wow. from the church. I was the, a part of the Buds of Promise. <laughs> and we went mm. to a farm somewhere in Michigan. It was black owned. And um, I was able to get on the horse. I don't, I honestly, I don't recall it. But my okay. mother, she told me and they told her that I had a good seat and that I should stick to it. But that experience, mm. I just know, I know it was a good one um, because I always wanted to learn how to ride a horse. Mm-hmm. So in elementary, you you sit on a horse for the first time. Is that a continual thing that continues throughout your, or that that's a one-time thing? One-time thing. When do you get back on a horse? 28. Wow. Okay. All right. So at the age of 28, you got, how many masters do you have at this point? <laughs> I Two. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple of masters. All right. So you got 
a bachelor's degree and two master's degree and now you get back on a horse yes and you get back on a horse with the intention of learning to ride a horse or you just get back on one with the intentions of learning well actually i was just i rode a horse because it was just it was only a high noon ride so mm-hmm. after that, when uh, they introduced me to the individuals at Rouge Park, then there was the intention of learning how to really ride a horse. Yeah. And at that point, I did not know anything about barrel racing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about. So we've had a guest on before, Kalila Smith. And that was yeah. the first time, you know, I talked to anybody that d- did anything like this. So I would like, I still want to ask some of the similar questions because rodeo is a foreign thing to me. You know, okay. I'm from the east side of Detroit. So, <laughs> so tell, tell me what is, what is rodeo in your words? What is it? Rodeo is a, a sport um, that mm-hmm. has different events within this one major event. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have... Uh, Bull riding, steer wrestling, uh, barrel racing, calf roping. Um, I'm missing some things. Okay. Breakaway roping, um, saddle saddle bronc, and bareback riding. Hmm. Do all of the events? Do all of the? I don't know if they're called events. Do all of the sporting activities included in rodeo include? horse riding or is there some things that are absent of the horse um well some of your events I guess you're not well bull riding you wouldn't be riding a horse okay. so that's the only event where you where someone is not on a horse okay. and your bucking your other saddle bronc and and bareback riders they're on bucking horses versus a bucking bull mm. Okay. And so everything else, people are on train horses. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, Let's talk about that. So a bucking horse versus a train horse. Tell it, break that down for us. One horse is trying to get you off his back and the other allows (laughs) you to stay on its back. (laughs) Would you say the one horse that's trying to get get you off their back is very skilled at getting people off their back? Uh, if they if they don't have a good track record, then they might retire early. <laughs> <laughs> well, they out there for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Everything has a reason and a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So you you take to riding a horse and learning that and getting into the rodeo. Where's your focus at? What events are you focusing on? barrel racing and if i go to canada they also have pole bending within a rodeo okay break those down for me go with the first one first (laughs) so barrel racing um (laughs) each contestant is for the most part fastest time wins um in majority of your events um in your timed events anyways with barrel racing, you have three barrels set up and you run a clover leaf pattern. Uh, with pole okay. bending, which is like I said, I've only competed in poles 
in a rodeo in Canada. However, you do have jackpots like barrel racing and pole bending jackpots um, that you can go to locally or, you know, within the United States. Um, so mm, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just was trying to. So, you know, I'm always thinking about, well, in this case, I'm thinking about myself for the educational purposes, but I'm also thinking about the audience that listens or watches our podcast. You know, I don't want to assume that they know exactly what these events entail. Right. So okay. Educating them on that, you know, so the barrel race is there's a certain pattern you're riding a horse in and you're trying to be the fastest at doing it. Exactly. Right? A horse, you have three turns. A horse can go one to the right and then two left-hand turns, or they can go one to the left and two right-hand turns. Um, and for pole bending, I don't know, do you ever remember seeing like the dogs compete? You remember like any, you know, like Animal Planet, and then you see the dogs weaving in and out of the poles? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's sort of, for the most part, that is pole bending. There's six poles and the horse weaves in and out. But of course, you have a rider and you go, mm -hmm. you run down, weave, weave back and run back. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my question is, so there's getting on the horse that's be established and there's riding the horse. Right. And then there's what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's yeah. a that's another level of riding a horse. When does that um, inspiration kick in for you? You know, so at 28, you get back on the horse. When do you say, I want to do this stuff? When I saw it, because I was not exposed to it. So when I saw it and I saw that you can win money um, mm. at doing these things, I'm like, oh, this is this is where it's at. And mm. I wanted to be able to choose another sport in the latter part of my life that I can do forever. As long as I could pick up a saddle and put it on my horse, this is something that I can do for the rest of my life. Mm, okay. All right. So let's talk about how's it going. I mean, are you okay at this? Are you, are, do you have any awards or anything? Have you accomplished anything in this, <laughs> in this realm? <laughs> you say that as if you hadn't read my bio. <laughs> so... I am um, the first African-American to win a Mid-States Rodeo Association um, barrel racing title. So I was the mm -hmm. 2017 barrel racing champion. Other than that, I won a few first places at some of your larger jackpots, but that mm -hmm. is the number one title. I got the belt buckle and the saddle to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, you're doing this and you're doing this with excellence while at your day job working in education. Where do you find the time to hone your skills in the, in the rodeo realm? Uh, it's just like any sport. Um, you just you practice. And mm. so after work uh, on weekends, that was that was my hobby. That's, you know, my, my, the discipline that I chose, the sport that I chose to learn. So you have to have the same mentality in, in when you're competing, like you have to practice perfect practice makes, makes progress and perfect. So. Mm -hmm. How has this, so 28 to me, this seems, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, this seems like 
a major change in your life. You, you're not doing rodeo before 28. And then 28, you, you hop on a horse, you start training, and now you're, you got a whole nother life. So how has your life changed since, since 28? My horse, Reese's Cup, is basically my kid. Uh, <laughs> he is high maintenance. Um, and when you're dealing with horses or um, animals that are your partner, you know, for the um, sport that you're competing in, it is, I mean, it's definitely a lifestyle. Like this is not for the faint of heart. And mm -hmm. you are, you're on the road traveling late nights. And uh, many people would say your horse eats before you do. Like you are going to take care of the horse before you fulfill, you know, your needs. <laughs> so it is definitely, it's definitely a shift. I've had to learn a lot, in, in especially in terms of caring for um, a horse. Mm. I, I would say it's not, I don't even have a dog, but everyone who I know who have dogs, they're like, yeah, your horse is way more expensive <laughs> and, and, and more and a little more needy. <laughs> yeah, I got a dog over here. You got a horse. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a few dogs a few big dogs put together <laughs> yeah yeah all right so let's 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 do this so you've been riding for how long now are uh, you trying to make me reveal my age <laughs> give us a roundabout <laughs> <laughs> 10 years give or take <laughs> oh wow i would have never guessed i would have never guessed all right so 10 years you've been at it my question is, with the 10 years of experience that you have now, if you can go back and talk to Stacy 10 years back, what's some advice that you would give her? I would say, don't be so hard on yourself. I am probably my worst critic. Mm -hmm. And everything that I do, I want to do like to a certain level. So in the same sense, that's also what drives me and trying to be the best that I can be. Um, but you know what? I might say, you know, stop crying. <laughs> like <laughs> pull your big girl panties up and keep going. Uh, you know, I, I've fallen a couple times uh, mm. or when I just got so frustrated with myself and I, I wasn't getting it. And it wasn't mm. because I couldn't do it. It was just because I was so new to it. Um, mm. So being older and trying to compete against people that have been doing it their entire lives, like mm. it was elementary students or kids that we we at the same place, they or really some of them have been riding longer than what I had. Um, mm. So and I just felt like I was playing catch up. So just being um, giving myself more grace. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked a similar question to Kalila and she she actually spoke about that same thing about trying to catch up because of the inexperience that that she had and the, the late start, if you will, that she had in, in that. So my question now is, is this a a a sport, an activity that you would encourage other young black females, males to get into? 
right? So that's the first part of the question. And then what is some advice you would give them if, the, if they are interested in? Absolutely, they should get into horses or just into um, agriculture or the Western way of life. Um, and it's never mm -hmm. too late. Um, we are, as, as a Black culture, as Black people, we are very athletic. And once you learn the foundations um, or the fundamentals, and it doesn't matter the sport, like you, you mm -hmm. have to learn the fundamentals, learn the basics. Yeah. Once you do that, then you can take that to any of the other disciplines. You know, you just find the right coach to help you or guide you along that process. Okay. What would I say to them? What saddle pads make good horses and make good riders? You know, it's going to be some sweat equity in the game for both <laughs> you and your partner, you know, a.k.a. the horse. Um, mm -hmm. So, again, any sport, you have to be disciplined. You have to uh, practice. And, and that's the biggest thing. You have to practice and be mm -hmm. OK with failure as long as you are learning from your mistakes. Yeah. All right. So you're into this world now. Is there are you where you want to be? Is there some other level that you're trying to get to? Talk to me about that. Where where do you see yourself going in this sport? Or are you just happy kind of doing what you're doing right now? The ultimate goal would be for me to make it to the um, IFR, which is the International Finals Rodeo. Um, and mm. then the next level would be the NFR, the national finals rodeo. So mm -hmm. I guess you can say, so you have um, the IPRA, which their finals is the international finals rodeo. You can consider mm -hmm. that maybe like your minor leagues gotcha. of baseball. And then the NFR, that organization, the major leagues. Okay. Um, so I want to, like I said, the, that stepping stone, that progression, like I want to hit it in order, you know, so make the IFR, then the NFR. Um, I almost made it to the IFR in 2018. Um, mm -hmm. However, Reese, he suffered a, a injury that put us down for six months. So I think I was sitting maybe eighth or ninth in the world standings. And wow. Wow. by the time November, the cutoff is November 30th. And once November 1st kind of hit, some people have pushed me down out of the top 15. Mm -hmm. So that was that was a bummer. Mm -hmm. But I did have some great people around me, um, Tracy Ladding, who let me borrow her horse to try to continue going. But like I said, the sport can be expensive and taxing, especially if you're doing it by yourself. You unless mm -hmm. you just have you're loaded with money, like you cannot do this by yourself because of all the travel and things of that nature. Um, so at this point, my horse is 20. I've had to reevaluate and be realistic as to what is a goal that is attainable. Um, yeah. So this year I am going to travel the Bill Pickett Invitational Rodeo Circuit. Um, and the goal is to wow. win a championship title in that organization. Okay, man. Awesome. Awesome. My question was uh, regarding, you know, you're a black, I don't want to be presumptuous, 
but you're a black woman in this field, I would I would presume that there's not a lot of black women doing this. I don't know anybody. <laughs> and I've been around for a lot longer than you. So it does that come with some added challenges? Um nothing that I wasn't prepared for. So mm. growing up, I was definitely on majority of my teams, especially like in um, Farmington, you know, going to Farmington public schools from middle school to high school, I was probably one, maybe two of of um, black of a black student or black kid on the sports teams. Okay. Mostly gotcha. it was me. My graduating class, I want to say there was maybe eight of us. Okay. Maybe. Wow. I mean, it's six, mm. six to eight. <laughs> um, mm. So I, having that experience in itself, I was used to just being me out there, mm-hmm. um, gotcha. which is which was which was great because it was the exact same thing as I started here in the Midwest and I'm going to rodeos um, initially. I've, I've heard some comments, but I mean. You just let it roll off your shoulder and keep mm-hmm. it moving. Like you come there to do a job, you know? And mm-hmm. as I as I grew and matured in the sport and became better, then you you don't hear some of those comments and things like that anymore. Yeah. Um yeah. so it was it was an experience, a, a great experience. Um, and I've met like so many good yeah. and cool people that have helped along the way. Like yeah. It's been amazing because the the lack of knowledge that I possessed in the beginning, um, I was able to learn from so many people. And I am definitely grateful for meeting those people and them having an impact on my journey. Yeah, that's, that's why I like to ask that question, because along with those people who are ignorant and may put upon you challenges that are unfair, the flip side of that, where people step in, and show you that they're, you know, they're they're great humans all over. Yeah. Kind of pull you through those, uh, help you through those those challenges as well. So I always like to get a response to that experience. So I'm just I'm just thrilled. Uh, you're the second rodeo person we've talked to. I know it's not something we do as a people quite often. And all depends on where you're at. Okay. Educate me. You know, if, you, if you go down <laughs> south, you go to Texas, Oklahoma, mm. Arkansas, mm. you know, to some of those areas, you it, it it's a totally different population. It's Is a, it? It's, it's, a, a, to- it's a culture it's, out it's there. More of a of a way of life and culture for Black people in you know in those areas. Okay. You see a lot more cowboys and cowgirls of color. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can see that. Really, I can see I can see that. Because it's almost an extension of what your lifestyle is, right? Exactly. Yeah. As opposed to out in the city, you know, you don't really have land like that to even have a horse or stuff like that. So something like that. But very interesting. Um, you know, like I said, I just I'm thrilled to have you on. We do have a couple of good questions that I want to ask. Uh, one of the major questions that I have to ask. But before I do that, if people want to follow you. Where do they go to do that? Uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram. Now, and I'm online, but I'm not online. 
Um, mm. I want to say my Instagram handle is Stacy Russell Black Cow Girl. Mm-hmm. I have to get back to you on that one. I think that's <laughs> what it is. I really, okay. yeah, I really use it. Uh, but I, and I'm not a big poster. I probably should. My goal this year is to post more. Um, so I want to really have like a journey, especially for our younger kids, since I work in a K-6 environment. So, mm-hmm. um, I want to have like a progression and a journey of this year so the kids can follow. So I'm going to do better. Okay. <laughs> All right. So look for Stacey Russell, Facebook, Instagram, and yes. she's a car girl. She rides horses. It That's is on YouTube. Her. I have a YouTube playlist. <laughs> Okay. So Stacey YouTube Russell page. Barrel Racer. Yeah, if you can type in Stacy Russell Barrel Racing and it should pop up. All right. Cool. Now let's get to the most important question. You ready? <laughs> Am I ready? I don't think I have a choice, but okay. <laughs> you always have a choice. All right. Have you ever graced the cover of a magazine? Have I ever graced the cover? The cover? No. Mm. No. I've been in a magazine, but I not I have not graced the cover of a magazine. Okay, flex that. You've been in a magazine. Do you remember what it was? Um, it was a rodeo magazine, and mm. they were doing an article for uh, I, that what year was that? 2000, it could have been 2018, where I was actually starting to win and so they just want to do an article of seeing that you know a girl from Detroit is she's out here and she's she's winning (laughs) okay excellent excellent but no cover yet (laughs) no cover all right one of the things one of my favorite things that we do here is we place each and every one of our guests on the dripping in black magazine cover so that's where Sean Smith is going to give you a preview of yours (laughs) okay Oh, that is, that's cute. That's a good picture. <laughs> yep, Jared Davis Photography. That is, um, shout out to him, my old former principal. He actually took that picture. Okay. All right. That is a parting gift. We will actually print that out and give you a laminated hard copy of that in the not too distant future as a big thank you for coming oh, out to the Dripping Black Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Any uh, shout outs you want to get before we close uh, close out this episode? Uh, shout out to my trainer, my old best friend, Keith Morrell. Uh, shout out to Gloria Turner um, for just being there for support, especially in those, in those beginning times. Shout out to Tracy Ladding, who has had my back and who has given me even her horse to ride. So I appreciate you. I appreciate all three of you guys. All right. All right. So we want to give a big thanks to uh, Stacey Russell for stopping by the Dripping the Black podcast uh, and sharing her story with us. We will follow you all the way through. Oh, we talked about in the pre-show, there's something coming up and uh, Dripping in Black is going to be the support. Tell us about what's coming up. Uh, later so on this year. June 9th and 10th, there is a rodeo coming local to the Wayne County Fairgrounds in Belleville, Michigan. And that is a rodeo for uh, 
cowboys and cowgirls of color. So you come see your your black um, cowboys and things for us to compete. And I'll be there both nights. God willing, as make sure we keep my horse sound between now and <laughs> June. <laughs> um, and so I'll be there competing. Yeah, we're claiming that. Uh, ask my audience to come on out and support. We're going to be there dripping in black, showing our support. And let's uh, root Stacy on to uh, another another feather in her cap. All right. There we go. So, <laughs> uh, again, a big thanks to Stacy Russell. Want to remind our audience that the DIBK Drip Shop is open. Go to DIBKDripshop.com to cop the latest Dripping in Black merch from t-shirts, hoodies, uh, coffee mugs, and etc. Lots of great things there. Go check us out. Everything's done in Black excellence. As always, a huge thanks to all of our listeners, viewers, supporters, and subscribers. And until next time, be kind, be loving, and be excellent on purpose. It is a choice. You have just experienced a Dripping in Black production. Enhance your business or brand by creating a podcast. A podcast can spread your product or expertise and passion to the world. A few benefits of podcasting are it builds a personal connection, increased traffic generation, and builds more brand authority. Dripping in Black Productions is equipped to manifest your vision to a viable tool for your business or brand. Anything from creating a sizzle reel or a full video audio production of your podcast, big or small, Dripping in Black Productions can support your needs. Contact us at www.dibkproductions.com for a free initial consultation. Synthesize thoughts and create masterpieces is the mantra of Dripping in Black Productions. And we don't stop.